looks like we're live. Hello. Uh, welcome to the per uh, almost said Percy stream. Then uh, it's been a long oh, weekend. You're so sad because you're only going to get to say that one more time. Oh, that you're probably right. Yeah. And it flows so well off the tongue, Percy stream, much more than <laughs> slightly something else, which is what we're actually doing right now. Uh, I'm Yahtzee Croshaw. I'm joined by Matty Sleever. Hello, everyone. And this week we're talking about games that tell stories without dialogue. Uh, I think you, I may have given the impression uh, a few times over the years that I have a love-hate relationship with dialogue in video games. Yes. Obviously, I like good writing in a game, sure. but there are so many ways dialogue is delivered that right, gets up my nose, as it were. I don't like two yeah. extra punctuations complaining about different ways dialogue can be uh, delivered. Uh, I just don't like dialogue trees. How, oh, you don't like dialogue trees? What's your feeling about dialogue trees? I had a big rant on them in my old review of uh, Dark, which was a really shitty vampire game back in the day. Oh, I remember Dark. It feels like <laughs> when games do bad dialogue trees, it's when yeah. the game has a whole bunch of stuff it needs to tell you about the background and like the world building and stuff. So it just gives you a sort of like itemized list of things to go down. Tell me more about the blur. Tell me more about your dad. Tell me more about the blurb. Tell me more about your mum's vagina. You and so it, it just you just get caught in, this, in like this extended exposition dump that with the the merest tissue thin veneer of uh, interactivity over it. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have like genuinely stellar writing for um, a dialogue tree to not end up eventually boring me uh yeah i feel like only uh only a scant few games can get away with it like the writing kind of has to be what your game is about yeah um, uh disco elysium would be just one example exactly. of a game yeah, that yeah. uh rests on its writing most of the time or even someone like the old lucas arts um lucas arts point and click games yeah but yeah by and large uh but even in games that, that aren't don't that just have dialogue options not uh specifically that sort of boring dialogue tree there's a lot of games that have a problem with dialogue just being purely expository mm -hmm. uh, i call this a to b dialogue uh, I, i've seen it in games like horizon uh, zero dawn and forbidden west where the dialogue is just there to reveal things They're, and they don't take and they take no opportunity to have like uh character chemistry or to make uh like sort of uh, dance around things they use like an artful turn of phrase it's just no it's always just now you have to go to this place there you will have you will be welcomed by the king and then you can go to the next part of your mission mm -hmm. yeah it's uh i don't want to say it's lazy because i hate that term but it just feels like lowest common denominator um yeah. dialogue and like we don't know how else to convey this information to you so we're just going to give you this pamphlet to read and here's Here's everything you need to know, which um, none of that ever sticks with me. The stuff that sticks with me are the ways hmm. people tell stories in um, in, in ways that uh, might utilize the uh, inherent strengths of the medium. Quite, which is getting us closer to the point. But I just wanted to say uh, that in reference to that, I've always admired Silent Hill 2, as you know. But I admire the way it's written because it there's almost no straight expository dialogue. Every yeah. cutscene sort of leaves you with more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. it, uh, uh, yeah, and even like the characters, like the backgrounds, you kind of have to piece together. With a, honestly, yeah. a lot of the Silent Hill games, aside from uh, you know, sometimes at the end there'll be like a little bit of like a um, yeah exposition dump is at the end of one, and I have it's, it again at the end of three. It's why I've never minded the 
slightly dodgy voice acting in Silent Hill 2 because yeah. intentionally or no I've heard some people argue that it was intentional I'm not sure I believe that but it adds to the sort of atmosphere of unreality yeah to things that uh, all the characters sound a little bit off yeah people people point to David Lynch a lot for that they say oh it's the uh, same thing Deadly Premonition kind of going towards it Wind mm. Peaks Blue Velvet Mulholland Drivey kind of vibe uh, and like you said I don't know how much I adhere uh, I sort of how much weight I put in that, but um, I finished Silent Hill three over the weekend. Um, Crazy that that game uh, aesthetically phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and its themes very interesting. Its actual story and plot uh, uh, is extremely dumb. Are you me right now? I think I've expressed word for word that very opinion Did to you. you in the no, past. I've never. I've actually never. I do not remember your take on Silent Hill three. It's, it's my um, but, least favorite of the like the Japanese that of Silent Hills because, okay. it's, as you say, it's got some great set pieces, it's got some great atmosphere, mm-hmm. some great visuals, mm-hmm. but I never really liked how it was trying to continue the plot of the first game. It felt a little oh. bit hackneyed and a little bit dumb. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I completely agree. I just wish they would have went off and tried to tell a story of a completely different character, um, mm. but by shoehorning it. And then, like, spoilers when you're like harry's dead i'm like i don't care you have not <laughs> given me a single reason to care about harry and his relationship with his daughter in this game uh there's a gentleman named soft poo in the chat who's worried you're a bit quiet i did just i raised myself five percent because last week i was too loud everyone said so chat tell me how i am now i will i will adjust on my end well i've fiddled I about with my audio over the week i'm gonna need like recheck everything now because yeah, uh, i noticed that i noticed that I was going through my audio settings and I'd been having my microphone on 75% for God knows how long. So I bumped it up to 100%, so I'm probably a bit louder than usual. Oh, incredible. Uh, Henry says Yahtzee's louder than Marty. I'll go all the way. I'm going to go all the way up then. And then we're going to see. And then no one can complain. If anyone wants to complain, complain to the people in chat who are not helping us fix because it takes a village. But now that I've expressed all my bugbears about dialogue, let's get to the actual yes. point, which was that yeah. uh, there's something really to be admired about a game that can tell a story with no dialogue at all. Which yeah. is And, there's a, and uh, you were hinting earlier that it's almost something that video games excel at. Yeah, yeah. Interact- interactivity. Yeah, and there was a... a when, I, when I started thinking about this, um, the, uh, uh, the impetus for this was playing through Cocoon, recently mm-hmm. which um it's from one of the lead designers of limbo and inside other also games that would both games with no dialogue yeah yeah and this game uh uh the entire game is is wordless there's no dialogue there's no text there's no even like fake language some games will be like oh there's a fake language but you don't know what it is so yeah see if you can get through that um but this game in its four or five hours it it um takes you on a journey it tells a story of this strange alien world and by the end if you want like a very tied up with a bow kind of story where you Mm. know exactly what happened it's probably not for you but if you want something with incredibly memorable moments and tone shifts and emotions and sort of leaving you with uh with like a a a prolonged vibe uh, i cannot recommend cocoon enough i played it on your recommendation and I was starting it, and my first thoughts were like, yeah, it's uh, it's arty wordless indie game, and mm-hmm. we're going through like an alien world that's all fantastical and stuff. I, I, The moment you first step out of the first world, yeah, that's the moment where I said, okay, 
I see what you're doing now. This is this is my jam. This is some interesting shit. This is some interesting yeah. game stroke puzzle design shit, and I'm down for it, Cocoon. Yeah, it's funny because it take it is funny that the the DNA runs through Limbo because the Limbo is one of those early games that is mm. very much like okay, I like the artsy fartsy kind of thing. Not a whole lot of actual interaction in it, but it's it's interesting to see a, fo- uh, a developer like that evolve over the course of fifteen years or however long it's been since Limbo, mm. close to fifteen probably. It's just you know you get a feel you get a sudden you suddenly get bombarded with this whole notion that the game has such a broader scope than you thought the story has such a huger scope than you thought yeah and again without needing to be like here's who you are here's what the stakes are and this is what the antagonist is and Mm. this is your mission um it doesn't need to tell us any of that and maybe my reading of it is different than your reading of it which is different than Casey's reading of it, who finished the game for the 3MR. Um, but to be like that, there is a there is a story in that game that I took from it, and that story was communicated purely through the the uh, visuals, through the uh, incredible use of sort of camera and 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 depth, and then through the mechanics. And uh, I feel like a lot of the games we're going to talk about today are games that rely on on those three things to really deliver their stories in unique ways. So, just uh, not to go too far on this tangent, what would you say mm-hmm. the story of Cocoon is about? Um, it <laughs> seems Cause... to be about creation and destruction in right. a world that is um, part mechanical and part biological. Like at any moment in the game, it's kind of like a like a seeing eye puzzle. Or like one of those, uh, uh, what what color is this thing? Is it gold or blue or whatever that was? Um, depending me, on how I look right. at it, this is an alien world or this is a mechanical world. For me, Cocoon is the story of the birth of a god within okay. a seed that contains an infinity of worlds. Sure. It's kind of like, think of that, that moment at the end of, uh, of the original Men in Black movie. Yeah, where it zooms out and it's uh, the whole galaxy is inside like a little marble on a necklace. It's kind of that thing. Funnily enough, that did cross my mind in the course of playing a game. Yeah, I have to imagine it did to a lot of people. Um, And saying that is not like I think one of the powerful things about this is like there's no way you can really spoil Cocoon. Like there's not a there's no big like kind of twists or reveals or anything. Um, You you could probably oversell it to someone. You can yeah, you can oversell anything to someone. That's yeah. I I I like to I like to lean on uh, lean on excitement in order to get people to actually try something. And then even if they're a little disappointed, at least they played it. Fair enough. Yeah. So what would you say was the first game you played that may that was that had no dialogue, but which you were struck by the the story? Because of course, no dialogue was sort of the default for a while. Sure. Space Invaders, Pac-Man, mm-hmm. even like yeah. Mario Brothers, Zelda mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think the first time I really noticed uh, that a game was telling a story without dialogue was when I played uh, Eric Chahi's Another World, yeah. also known as Out of This World in some places. I would say that is a progenitor <clears throat> to a lot of the games we're going to be talking about today. Probably. It's It certainly is one of the earliest examples of the sort of keep moving to the right arty game. Although you, do, mm-hmm. you don't just go to the right. There's uh, it's got some puzzles and some combat in there as well, but it's very much uh, a story about a linear journey through this mm-hmm. weird alien landscape. Uh, and it's probably got one of the uh, most uh, exciting 
intro sequences of any games of its era. Very, yep. very cinematic. Uh, where you're this, you're this scientist who goes to uh, a laboratory and starts messing around with, the, you know, man should what man should not what of. And uh, the lightning strikes his laboratory as he's been doing with like particle acceleration in a way that kind of looks like the large particle accelerator now I'm thinking about it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> Prophetic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was like before the Large Hadron Collider was a meme. Yeah. And uh, he gets teleported to a mysterious alien world. Another world, if you will. And then he just has to survive in this environment where literally everything will kill him in one hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, as he goes through this world, he discovers this weird alien civilization. He makes friends with, like, one of the dudes who he meets in a prison cell. So might have been a murderer for all he knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get to see these, like, glimpses of this alien society. You, like, you, you go through a bathhouse full of naked alien ladies. You go through, like, an arena. Uh, and uh, in the end, there's this very sort of heartwarming moment where you get injured in a fight with one of the big bad aliens and your alien friend comes to help out and then you and then he saves you at the last minute and it's there's a very heartwarming finish yeah that's um in in terms of like full like genuine kind of uh cinematic narrative story uh without dialogue that is probably the first example i would go to um Mm. in games especially games in the 90s uh the one that stuck out to me because I didn't play that until much later was um, Super Metroid, hmm. and it that has uh, that has two caveats. And one is that there is a brief uh, exposition, um, some like, some like dialogue at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, at the very beginning. So I think with these games, I, I'm going to say the games are by and large mostly dialogue free, uh, and then there's no dialogue throughout the game. Uh, and uh, to me, it is less about a story in terms of like twists and reveals and everything, and more of how it uh, how it uh, shows this this planet, this like mm. planet that does not want you there, that you've crash landed on, and your mission, and the various bio- biomes of the planet, and then eventually the culmination in you completing your journey and and the Metroid spoilers sacrificing itself for um, for samus mm. and, uh and does all of that again no without a single drop of dialogue throughout the actual gameplay and it's all through um it's through atmosphere it's through puzzles it's through sort of understanding like what how how this one uh one part of the environment relates to this other part of the environment and what is going on in this what was this wreck shipped that crash here like who was on mm. the ship what was in here how did it impact is this where the metroid came from that kind of thing uh and so piecing a lot of that together to me was always it was something i like loved as a kid and then something now as an adult i just really really respect i think it's worth dwelling on little moments like the uh, metroid coming to save you the end of metroid because yeah. i think a lot of games writers rely on dialogue to tell the story because it's a lot easier than mm-hmm. having to animate stuff having to like consider like cutscene cinematography animation all of that but there's a there's a one or two examples for our gaming that i can think of where a story is told through very simple elements. Mm-hmm. One of them being, like, just the Metroid comes in and saves you. Uh, not much animation or cinematography required for that. And the other example that springs to mind is the end of Bastion, which is Ooh, by no yeah. means a dialogue-free game. It's no. full of it's full of narration. Um, mm-hmm. Those uh, supergiant games fucking love their narrations with their very yeah. sexy voice narrators. But... 
towards the end of the game, like at the very end, you're like uh, your main character. I don't. I think it was like a choice you make, but you can choose to like rescue a dude mm-hmm. in the middle of enemy territory, and your dude just sort of picks him up and has to walk through this like gauntlet of enemies firing at you, and um, it's all done within like a standard game mechanics. Uh, but so you're carrying this dude, but you can't attack back because you're carrying a dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, so we got all these like rows and rows of enemies sort of firing at you while you're carrying this dude, and then their firing just sort of stops. Their their firing slows down. The enemies' uh, attacks slow down, and they just stop attacking you and just watch you leave. And then one of like one of them sort of like breaks the tension by starting to shoot you again, and one of his mates just punches him in the face. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And uh, it's like that. It's like that sequence from Children of Men, where Clive Owen carries the screaming baby out of like the war zone, and all the soldiers yeah. just stop fighting and listen and watch him go. Yeah, it's just a very powerful moment where you realise why the enemy sort of realises what kind of person you are and respects you. Yeah, and um, scenes like that to me convey like a sense of trust that the creator has that their audience isn't an idiot that they'll be able to you know put two and two together and and figure something out on their own um oh god like, it feels like when like, they added harrison ford's narration to blade runner exactly that is exactly yeah. like that and that i'm just is picturing what, um, that scene again with like a harrison ford narration saying i don't know why they stopped firing at me i guess because <laughs> they respected me as a fellow soldier in that moment and that kind of stuff always feels to me like, oh, it got focus tested and two people in the room were like, I don't get what's going on. Then they're yeah. like, well, we need to make sure everyone, we need to make sure all the quadrants get what's going on. So we need to we need to add some some narration to this. Mm. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Supergiant. Uh, I lumped them in with a few other developers of the era, but I feel like there are certain, certain developers and certain um, teams that do this really well, that do the nonverbal storytelling really well. And Two of them of a similar era, I would say, are Team Eco and uh, uh, that game company who did um, Flower and Journey, which would be the oh, one yes. that is uh, more standout to me in terms of a game with zero uh, dialogue or words or narration whatsoever, but still tells a very grand sweeping story. A lot of these stories seem to be about uh, things we almost can't comprehend. Like It almost yeah. feels easier to tell a story like this with something See, so big and so sweeping. That's sort of a different kind of storytelling to the Bastion example and the Another World example. I'd, I'd characterize Flower or Flow as uh, more sort of tone pieces than stories, more sort of yeah. interactive art exhibits. Yeah. It's rather, I mean, a story is like, you know, a series of actions between some characters where uh, some kind of, uh, you know recognition is discovered uh but uh flower is just hey here's the world don't fuck it up nature's nice Uh oh man came man fucked it up (laughs) everything got a everything became a bummer once man and civilization came 
Journey does have some nice character moments, like when that that bit where you almost die, and then suddenly you get a second wind. Yeah, and that's a, that's a very powerful moment when you suddenly like take off into the sky again. And it it utilizes uh, with mechanics. It utilizes the idea of a lack of communication between even human players. Uh, like that is uh, you may stumble upon another player who is currently playing the game in the world and you have no means of talking to each other or communicating all you could do is kind of chirp to each other mm. and the chirp is like a main mechanic you can use it to um, sort of activate certain things but also call out to someone and you could choose to do a small chirp or a, a bigger more elongated chirp well that's uh, and that illustrates one of the advantages of dialogue free storytelling you don't need to translate any of it mm-hmm People can just chip at each other. Yeah, it's it's uh, doesn't ma- it goes beyond uh, like language. Uh, you know, you don't need to communicate using shared words. It's more um, the experience in the game. You will both be able to understand by you know by pointing to different yeah. things. Thematically, Chance of Zenar owes a lot more to Journey than I first thought. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even. I mean, not even if you look past the superficial sort of visual color palette and and look of the character, which feels very similar at the beginning. Uh, it's interesting. <clears throat> the the journey co op thing got me thinking about uh, when Casey and I were just playing through Portal Two co op, mm. and obviously we were playing it on a stream, so we were talking the whole time. But Portal Two has some interesting mechanics that allow you to communicate with someone if you are yeah. not actually communicating. Whether it's pointing, whether it's initiating a three-two-one countdown, whether it's sort of the silly emotes, um, I'd be curious how much of that game, or how easy or hard it would be to complete that game co-op without being able to speak to someone or speaking an entirely different language of someone else. Yeah, there's a few games that do that sort of thing. What's that um, Apex Legends where you got a system where you can like signal things to other players by dropping icons on them and stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of become like the ping system has become uh, a, a pretty big thing in games that um, is useful even uh, along with your you know actual communication, and that's become something that's kind of just feels pretty standard in shooters now, which is nice. Do you think Dark Souls could be classified as dialogue-free storytelling? I mean that that was that was a game I was thinking of in terms of. Uh, you have to put a big caveat because if you mm. want, there's a lot of words in that game, and you could talk to a lot of people, and you could read a lot of fucking words about the world. But, I think again, um, it's the Silent Hill Two thing where the dialogue doesn't really explain anything. No, yeah, and also if you were talking to someone, like if you see like the crestfallen warrior, crestfallen knight, or whatever his name mm. is, and you went to talk to him, and he was speaking a completely made up language, you'd still kind of get the gist of like what this dude's deal yeah. is. Yeah. Or if you yeah, found a patches like character, ding dong ding dong. That's the crestfallen warrior. Yeah, that's my impression of the crestfallen warrior speaking Simlish. Um. But yeah, I mean, so much of the the story and and lore and everything can be um, can be downloaded just based on going through this world and seeing what mm. this place is like. And uh, if you you know, without any sort of words whatsoever, if you're playing Elden Ring, when you get to Raya Lucaria, you'd be like, oh, this is a school. This is clearly a place of learning. There's books. Mm. There's scrolls. There's classes. Um, yeah. There's there's painting there's of various whole, emeritus. There's a whole bunch of Mooney girls crawling around on the floor. While a lot of Mooney girls. Of- hovers over them like Someone firing put a big dog in one of the lecture halls and i don't firing, know why firing tombstones at me yeah yeah well you didn't go to my school but uh yeah it was all very familiar yeah 
the, the big dog the big red dog was yeah i went to i went to a british grammar school that all like hogwarts incredible i, I went to a castle I can't. That is like unfathomable. But and the gob- and goblin served me tea. No, not a goblin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, <clears throat> I would say one of the things that uh, the FromSoft Souls games get so right that I think a lot of the other, I don't want to say knockoffs, but other sort of attempts by their developers uh, stumble on, is they don't put that same time and effort and expertise into the the world and environment and character design that allows you to glean those things without dialogue yes um, that's something we haven't really touched on yet is environment design in the world of yeah. uh, storytelling if you go through like yeah. the half-life like commentary modes valve talk about this a lot like uh, they always try to like when they were like furnishing areas they'd always like think mm. of ways to tell little stories like you get through a zombie area and you just find a spot like overlooking it with like a deck chair and some empty beer bottles and a shotgun. Yeah. So presumably someone was spending their Sundays there. Yeah. Yeah. And that totally like that totally lands. And you're like, okay, I get this. I, I, yeah. I can get a little story without needing anyone to dump dialogue on me. Those are cool. Yeah. And that's something yeah, like it's... Dark Souls does very well, as you say. Um, uh, just little things that you don't really notice at first glance, but when someone points it out, you go, oh yeah. Like if you yeah. go, if you look at, and Orlando, uh, every staircase has two sets of steps, one for human-sized feet and one for giant's feet. It's kind of awesome, right? Yeah, and then someone points at that out and you go, oh, that's right, because yeah, there's, yeah. there's humans and giants and shit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's those small things, but like those are kind of the things that stick with me more than the actual words that are located mm. um, inside those stories. Uh, and sort of continuing with that, mode of storytelling hollow knight was another game that stuck out to me which yes there is dialogue but there's always this one they never explain this but there's the um the city of tears i think it's called uh in hollow knight which is an area where it's an underground city and it's raining but you're like it's underground so how is it raining down here uh and it never explains it but once you unlock more and more of the map you realize that directly above it is Mm. a lake and so the uh, it's not raining. It is literally like little leaks in the the lake, in the lake bed. And the water that's coming into this city of tears is actually the, you know, runoff of the lake above it's, you. It's nice, that sort of environmental continuity, isn't it? It would have been nice in Dark Souls 2, wouldn't it, from software? Oh, my God. Jack beat the game in four streams. Jack is so good at that game. Well, we don't fun. talk enough about how Jack is really good at like five games. Well, Dark Souls 2 is one of the easiest of the... Oh, let's see. You beat it forced. It's it's giving Nick a headache. Okay, well, I have a series on my old YouTube channel where I played through Dark Souls 2. Not in four streams, I admit. But, uh, yeah, I played through it, despite me being a huge crap out. Jack just went pure ungabunga mode, which was good. He just went, went, I'm going to carry a big stick and hit people. And you know what? It worked. Uh, Fair enough. And yeah, we went. We talked earlier. I'd, uh, again, environmental design, environmental storytelling. I think uh, Team Eco is um, superb <clears throat> at that. Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and mm. uh, the Last Guardian. Well, of course, there is dialogue in Eco, isn't there? there isn't there? Is. But only there on is. the second run through when they translate the moony-eyed lady's dialogue. Yeah, it's just gobbledygook on the first time through. Uh, but yeah, you 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 
sort of gain a sense of history and an idea of place and formulate your own like what the hell was going on to this thing like why mm. as a horned boy was i thrown inside of this jail cell like what did i do and they're like oh okay they thought i was a demon by the end of the game you're like they thought i was a demon and i'm gonna be honest yeah. they were kind of right i Re- it was a demon. Reason- reasonably enough yeah 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 um um and- uh, zelda wind waker actually did the same thing where it translates the the oh, yeah. dialogue in the second playthrough because you were wearing magical translating lobster pajamas in the second run through yeah. Is that, or, is that the the canonical reason for um for translating dialogue? Well, I can't think of any other reason. Somehow yeah. you can understand this dialogue, and this time you're wearing lobster pajamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking of other games I played recently that do this, and again, falling in sort of the 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 two D indie ish uh, uh, DNA running through Limbo, uh, the Little Nightmares games. Uh, ah yes, know, the err example of the small child in the scary world. Uh, move yes. to the move to the right till we tell you to stop. Indie oh game. God. They they nailed it. Let me tell you, I cared about that little child. I did not want them to get killed by the big scary eating things. I wouldn't say it was a consistent story. It just felt like this is a nightmare. This is all running on nightmare logic. <laughs> Weird, creepy adults that vaguely resemble real people, but have yeah. something really messed up about them. Yeah. And I think more, I feel like as it got into two, there was a little more like trying to lean in. Oh, there's a second character. And is it, is it a version of you? Is it like a mirrored version of you? And oh, mm-hmm. they can control the television. What's the deal with that? No, oh, your goal is eventually this power that has the, 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 it seems to be where all the transmissions are coming from. Uh, and again, I don't, if someone was like, write me exactly what this story is about. I don't think I could, mm-hmm. but I could write about the ways it made me feel while playing it and sort of the, the 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 tones and vibes and atmospheres it's set throughout the game and those really stuck with me i think it tries a little too hard for me in what way well it's just sort of uh really sort of smashes you in the face with the sort of nightmare theme in comparison to something like limbo or sure. uh inside i think if you when you just sort of like internalize the fact that it's just fucked up stuff happening Mm -hmm. um i sort of lose interest in the sort of core struggle of the protagonist it's like well there's nothing we could do to escape this because everything's just nightmares yeah what are we trying to do in order to prevail would be my like ongoing question and i don't think those games can really answer that because you just keep going until something fucked up happens to you at the end yeah I, I I agree with that sentiment, but I don't agree with not liking it. Like I'm kind of fine with that being the mission statement of the game. Well, I'm also a little down on it because the gameplay's a bit shit at times. It could be a little finicky, yeah, yeah, and it could be uh, it could fall into those trappings of you need to fail a couple times in order to understand exactly what the game wants you to do in this scenario. Which, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, did we have any other examples? Oof. Um, the the last one I uh, jotted down was a game I've brought up a few times, but I don't know if uh, you've ever played. Uh, it was an Annapurna, originally a mobile game, but I think it's on everything now, called uh, Florence, which is like a short, mm. uh, hour-long uh, game. And I use game lightly because in terms of mechanics, it is very, very light. But it is... Uh, it, it, it ultimately tells us the entire arc of our relationship. 
uh, of of this woman, and then there's a meet cute with a boy, and then they live together, and they go on a relationship, and then things sour, and you see what happens after that. But it conveys all of it uh, without words, but also uses um, really basic mechanics in really uh, interesting ways. It'll be you go on your first date with this person and they're having a conversation and the core interaction is you kind of putting together a jigsaw, like a a, a, a faceless jigsaw puzzle uh, in the bottom half of the screen. And at first you're putting it's like a lot of pieces that you're putting together because you're kind of uncomfortable around this person. But as the date goes on and it gets better and better, the jigsaw puzzle becomes much simpler and it's like only four pieces and then only two pieces. And then you just slide a single piece over and you can see clearly they're, they're really not uh, hitting it off. Uh, and then it does the inverse later on when you guys start kind of drifting apart and there's a knockout drag out fight where uh, you're trying to put a jigsaw together quickly but then you're having an argument and your jigsaw gets scattered and his jigsaw starts being put together and you don't have time to put yours together as the fight is escalating. And um, again, you don't see any of the, you don't read any of the fight. You don't hear any of the fight. You see the characters are clearly arguing with each other, but um, it was one of those where almost every scenario in the game, I was like, that is an incredible way to convey something that most of us have probably felt before um, through very basic ways um i thought it was just really effective and honestly super um i i i uh, highly recommend it to anyone in the chat if someone mentioned uh, florence and unboxing in the same sense uh, or unpacking if you if you dug unpacking in the way it told its story i would say florence was um similar to that huh i had never heard of that game extremely short as well i did i played the entirety of it while waiting for my laundry to get done at a laundromat so. well what a recommendation Yes, the laundry mat game. Hmm. Looks like, yeah. Is this the one? Florence got sort of children's book art style? Yeah, kind of like a yellowy color. Yeah. Hand drawn, hand drawn character. Well, yeah. I can't review it in zero punctuation because you wouldn't be able to see the cover art against the background. Uh, that was the, that oh, was, no. That was the problem I had with Cyberpunk. It is yellow. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what like extremely yellow games are there? Was Chance of Sonar really yellow? Yeah, like actually. Yeah, that was yeah. The, but the cover art had a lot of yellow in it. I imagine you're able to get through most years without dealing with, like, a very yellow game. Well, every now and again, they come along. Persona yeah. 4 springs to mind as well. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, shall we go to Super Chats? Yeah, there's Lots plenty, of stuff, thing, plenty uh, of stuff to talk about there. Don't forget that all your Super Chats for the foreseeable future, are going towards Adventures Nigh Season 4, being filmed on location, already close to 25%, with 76 days to go, it's looking good, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't give us all your cash, you bastards. Remember remember what you said last week? Uh, what did I say last week? I, oh, yes. If we hit 20% by the end of the week, you're going to donate. Yeah, and look yeah, at us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll do that when I remember. Fine. You showed me. You showed me by giving me all that money. Uh, anyway, Conte gives two euros and says Max Payne equals PC game later ported to consoles by Rockstar. Oh, I agree. Clearly he's been stewing on this little uh, factoid. Uh, what because did you of, say it was? Well, of course, in my El Paso Elsewhere review, I was talking about Max uh, Payne as one of the early console shooters. Gotcha. So clearly he's nursing a grudge on the subject uh, uh. i like nursing a grudge for so long that i'm like i'm gonna get you with a little gotcha journalism 
right yes. before you go live. I'm also going to pay you money for it. And yes, I know it was also a PC game, but I would argue it was one of the early third-person console-oriented style shooters. I played it on console first. So there. Anyway. Heisko gives four ninety nine pounds and says, says nothing. I think they're says, trying says to be clever. No. I thought that was very clever. Well done, Heisko. And then Meister Kleister Heist AR gives two euros and says, The Illusionist 2010 is a film without dialogue. Is uh, it? Yeah, it was, it was an animated movie. I saw it. It was French. Oh. I it was about a mime. Wasn't that a film with Edward Norton in it? There was another movie around that time also called The Illusionist. That was a live action movie about um, magicians that also came out around The Prestige, which was also a live action movie. I'm about so magicians. confused. Very confused. There's also a horror movie that just was released uh, a few weeks ago on Hulu called No One Will Save You. That is an alien invasion movie that only has one single line of dialogue. Um, it's because the main character is mostly alone running from an alien, and so you're not going to really talk when that happens. So is the line, that was a really effective. Is the line of dialogue, oh shit. I mean, Casey said that there should have been more swearing, but I'm like, if you're hiding from an alien, you're not going to swear. You're like... If like you're hiding and an alien is like walking outside the cupboard, you're not gonna be like fuck, 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 fuck. Okay, maybe fuck. there were no words. How much yelling and grunting was there? There was like minimal grunting, not a lot of yelling, because it was just one main character, and she was like a twenty-something-year-old girl, big tits, um, and she was no, just regular Jesus Yahtzee. Well, what? <laughs> just I'm watch just, the I'm, movie. I what? I'm just trying to create the image in my head. Just uh, watch the movie. Low cut top. Uh, no, stop it. No, no. Okay. okay. Well, I can't have been yeah, that good. I can't then. take you anywhere. <laughs> uh, Royal Kitsune gives five A dollars. Says, "Hey Yahtzee, love your stuff. Just curious if you've ever thought of doing a double bill of the games Darkest Dungeons One and Two. I've already done Darkest Dungeon Two. Oh, Do your research. Just wait for the next question because it was a whoopsie daisy." Oh, Royal Kitsune gives another $5 as penance and says, I meant fear and hunger one and two. Oh, okay. You, you know about this fear and hunger? Yeah, actually, my wife recommended it to me. Oh, yeah, Eye Patch Wolf. We talked about it. Eye Patch Wolf has yeah, been... Yeah, because she'd watched the Eye Patch Wolf video and I hadn't. She was saying, it sounds like something you'd like. And I said, well, maybe I'll check it out. And I still haven't. I'm sorry, dear. But I've got other things to play all the time. Yeah, it never stops. Maybe it'll slow down. I bet like December will slow down. You might have time in December. Well, there's always a slowdown in mid to late December when we get into sort of, well, we've given up on this winning any awards season. I think the only major game slated for September is the Avatar game. Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, not Avatar, the Airbender Avatar. The Ubisoft one. The, the Ubisoft one. I am excited for Far Cry, but with my big green folks. Or blue folks, blue. not green yeah. folks. Yeah. Not green. Not green. Not green. So green old hat. Green aliens. Green. What is this? So Mars attacks? There's, there's so much green in the in the chat. It's so great to see so much green in the chat. Anyways, guys. Yeah, like we've it. got quite a little in-group. Quite a little bubble we've created. Well, you know what? You know what people were excited about? The idea that if you're in the green gang, if you're in early access or Patreon, you can hear zero punctuation with buses. Yes, again. Although some people think it's... Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some people find it funnier to censor the cusses, and that's fair enough. 
people were also very which I'm going to be honest, this one might be on us that we announced that and it just happened to coincide with the very strange yes. EP where you couldn't talk about another game. Uh, so that yes. was a little bit weird timing. That was like a, I was trying to Yes, do quite a censorship theme going on there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, John McCrory gives 199 and says, can't watch live, here's money for Adventure is Nigh. Thank you, Thank John you, McCrory. We'll put it with the rest. Yay. Well, I tell we'll almost certainly won't get to twenty five percent on this chat. I'll tell you now. I, think it would be impossible. I personally think it'd be impossible, but you know what, guys? There's always tomorrow. Uh, Nicholas Yarrow gives two dollars, and that's his first super chat. Nicholas. Oh, then, uh, um, then under that, he says, "Love these discussions. Do you guys have a game that you've drastically changed opinions on since you've reviewed it? Probably, uh, like one way or the other." I tell you what, I've been meaning to go back and replay Prince of Persia 2008. Ooh, it's so good. Yeah, I think I was just down on it because of Nolan North's voice acting. Mm. And because I liked the Sands of Time trilogy so much. But yeah. looking back, I think uh, there's a lot more to be said for it. Not the combat, though. Combat fucking sucked. But I was getting a hankering to do some of its platforming again. I don't know. I don't, all the games I've said I liked, I, I still liked. And there's very few games I've gone back and like really, um, really, really turned around on. Hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, I'll, I'll think about that though. Good question. Uh, Zaratha gives two R dollars and says, My Kavuba! quoting the bald alien from another world perhaps to illustrate the point that actually that game does have dialogue and there <laughs> is that does the thing say mike aruba yeah yeah i think when you first like break him out of prison he says mike aruba <laughs> or something that sounds like that uh liam omega gives five dollars and says hi guys off topic question for yahtzee which of your books would you recommend starting with first also hi marty uh, start with Galaxy for Food and then read Destroy the Galaxy for Cash and then by then you'll probably be ready for the third book in the trilogy which will be out sooner rather than later, I think. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> Emiterasu gives $4.99 and says, although far up its ass, I thought Braid was pretty subversive with using platforming tropes to tell a story about abusive relationships. I feel like there's a lot of arty games about abusive relationships. El Paso Elsewhere was about an abusive relationship as well. Mm -hmm. Also shit like... like Sea of Solitude and games like that. I think a lot of arty games can have very autobiographical stories. Well, so. quite. That's that's what okay. artiness is, really, isn't it? It's a, it's an auteur spirit. There you go. Although um, that, that another example of great uh, wordless storytelling was that bit in Braid, where you go through this whole level, like to rescue the princess and then like there's a flip and then you play through the whole level in reverse and that shows what was actually happening that you yeah, were actually chasing yeah, after the princess and she was trying to get away from you yeah and the the, the bowser slash donkey kong like enemy is actually someone she's running towards yeah 
because she wants that person to help them. Uh, yeah, that was really good stuff. I'm not going to spoil it. Sonic Superstars has a level that you finish and then go in reverse again, uh, but it doesn't have to be, do with like Sonic being uh, a terrible boyfriend or anything like that. Well, he is, you know, but unrelatedly. You think Sonic would be a ba- terrible boyfriend? He goes too fast. That's that's for sure. <laughs> well, like, it's quite. Hubba, hubba. I'm just going to say he's dang. like a self-centered cock, but uh, yeah. And every, you'd be like, hey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? And he'd be like, chili dogs. You're like, fucking every night, Sonic. I hate chili dogs. I just lied when I said I liked chili dogs to when we were first going out because I didn't want to alienate you. But this is like gone beyond the pale. Also, could we just have chili or hot dogs? Do we have to have them both at the same time, you sick little boy? I like, can I have a chili with crackers? I like chili with crackers. Maybe a bit of like dollop like of sour cream on the top. Ooh, little, get a little cornbread. Ooh. Yeah, great cheese. Cornbread's too spicy. Hmm, Sonic would say, can we get the cornbread and then make it into a sort of bun shape and then maybe put a sausage, (laughs) etc. Bucket List, member for 41 months in early access, says, Patrick Star hyphen I love you dot gif. Okay. I think that there's that's Patrick from uh, the Spongebob series. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've seen the gif he's referencing. I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob. Me neither. I think I was just too old. Just, just on the. Yeah, the I think me too. It is an ignorance I cherish in my life. Yep, I'm perfectly fine with it. Uh, Herb Four NM gives 25 PLNs and says, "Just throwing in, no one will save you." So Marty can segue into movies that convey story without dialogue. Maybe a double payment failed first time. Thank you, Urban M. And we already talked about it in the future yeah. past. But well, yeah, what, what do you know? Maybe. Ray, uh, the maybe latest that, Predator movie also had large stretches without dialogue. Maybe that unconsciously inserted that film into your yeah. subconscious as you were reading past it. I've just been babbling about that movie a lot, if I'm being honest, because I, I thought it was very impressive. I'm trying to think of films I've liked without dialogue, but none spring to mind. Sorry. Uh, my favorite movie, The Illusionist, 2010. Yeah, I thought Edward Norton was very good in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dewar Boss of Corn, remember for 16 months in tip jar? N- nothing more to... Oh, there's a comment under that that says, looking forward to more Adventures of Nye. Well, just to wait for the rest of season three. It's oh, going to be a it's gonna be a roller coaster. Uh, the, the early reviews are in, and people are loving episode seven. Mm-hmm. By episode reviews, I mean seeing people in. It's another belter. Maybe not quite yeah. as much a belter as episode six, but there'll be belters abound as oh the series so goes on. Yeah. So many belts. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $5. It says, you're more likely to enjoy a game with no dialogue than a game with bad dialogue. Bad dialogue like a bad singer just utterly ruins the experience. Counterpoint, Balan Wonderworld. But uh, we'll get to that later on. That is that is true. How did I not think of Balan? Yeah, a game is without... There a- that was a game without dialogue, and it didn't really help, did it? No, no. Is there a full ball? I missed it. Is there a full ballon comment? Uh, well, later on, someone uh, refers to, makes a super chat about games that could have benefited from having some dialogue added, and uh, I was going to bring it up then. Beautiful. Yes, a superb owner, member for six months in Tip Jar, and under that he says, I kicked off Spooky Season by playing RE4 VR on Quest 2. Now I plan to finish Spooky Season by playing RE4 Remake. Can you please weigh in on why this is or is not a good idea? Thanks, gents. Cheers. Well, if there was any way to make yourself sick of Resident Evil 4, you probably found a way. Uh, 
while I didn't play it in VR, I did replay Resident Evil 4 proper and uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake uh, in the same month um, when Resident Evil 4 Remake came out, and I had a great time. I had a great time uh, sort of comparing and contrasting and playing through Remake and being like, oh, they kept this. Oh, they changed this. Oh, the, this layout's different. Oh, they subverted my expectations here. So which one's best? If someone was saying, hey, Marty, I'm really interested in video games as a culture, do you, would you recommend I play the original Resident Evil 4 or the remake first? I'd probably say remake. I would smack you. Probably I would push you out of the room and say, don't listen to that twat. Go and play the original remake. right now. Why aren't you playing it now as we speak? I'd probably say remake. I'd probably say remake. I don't, maybe, well, I'm, listen, you have full uh, permission to push me if next year I say the same thing about Silent Hill 2, <laughs> the blooper team Silent Hill 2. Okay, I will certainly do that. Oh, you know what else is really good? The Silent Hill 3, um, the main the main music, the main theme song, the guitar riff, that's kind of like the evanescence song. Yeah, yeah, Kira Yamaoka has yeah. rarely put a foot wrong. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, I think his Shadows of the Dam soundtrack was a bit lame. Oh no, man. No, the little slug, little slug, slug song. Yeah. Electric slug. Great song. Uh Mariam Chowdhury, member for 41 months in early access, says, What are your favorite authors, Yati? Well, I grew up liking uh, authors like Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett, sort of uh comedy facetious writers. Uh, I've also uh, read a lot of Robert Rankin books in the, around the same period. And uh, in my adulthood, I went back and uh, read a lot of the old school uh, humorous British writers that influenced Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett. So I would recommend P.G. Woodhouse, G.K. Chesterton, Jerome K. Jerome. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm Dan, also Dan quite... Brown? No, shut up. Uh, I've also um, I've been reading all the Master and Commander um, uh, Aubrey Matterin books lately by Patrick O'Brien uh, after having been recommended them after saying I've been reading all the Hornblower books so I like those oh and uh, one of my all time favourite books is The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas so him as well and Dean Kuntz Dean Koontz. Big Dean Koontz fan. He sounds like a person from the north of England saying a very dirty word indeed. (laughs) Doran Grossman Naples gives $5 and says, Playing Dark Souls for the first time, being able to look up from Darkroot and see the dragon gave me goosebumps. Cool. Yeah. It's a Shit, nice cool. that's just lot, good, good ass level of, design. There's a whole lot of great environment design in Dawn Grosman yeah. Naples. Uh PMA Stripolito, member for two months in any access, says any examples of games that need more dialogue? Ah, there we go. Here's where I was going to bring up Ballon Wonderworld. Cause if any game that needed to bloody well explain itself, it's that one. And indeed, um as people uh gleefully informed me, there is a novel uh that was made alongside the game that actually explains what the actual story is wait a novel alongside balan yes 
How do I not know about the Balan book? You didn't what? hear about this? Apparently, no. apparently the whole story is explained in this book, and that's why they don't explain it in the game. Oh my god. Balan Wonderworld colon Maestro of Mystery. Theater Maestro of Mystery, comma, Theater of Wonders. What? That's too many Balan titles. Wonderworld colon Maestro of Mystery, comma, Theater of Wonders. I feel like they said you could use either one of these titles, and then whoever was choosing it was just Are you like, sure it's not like a series of books and Theater of Wonders is just that particular volume. No, this one says Maestro of Mystery, comma, Theater of Wonders. It's only on Kindle. I want a physical copy. Crazy. But, you know, the exact same thing happens with 2001 A Space Odyssey. If you read the book by Arthur C. Clarke, that the, that whole trippy ending sequence actually makes sense. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was in the movie. <laughs> Turns out he was uh, captured by aliens and they put him in a place he thought was comfortable. That's that was the whole hotel room that shit. It's actually really clearly explained. I was surprised. It's yeah. I guess Kubrick was like, "Yeah, hey, we don't even worry about." Yeah, this. well, that's Kubrick for you. <clears throat> Mister McKeown gives five Canadian dollars and says, "Yatsi, is you could give one of your twelve Dev Diary games a remake stroke squeal? You really should have." proofread this thing mr McKeown. a squeal i think he means sequel with more time stroke money what one would you pick personally i think brtv well it's funny you should mention that mr McKeown, but i've got like a idea for a game that i'm going to start on once vagabond's finished that funnily enough will be using brtv as a starting point but not so much trying to film the interesting bits as sort of creating a a sort of uh, procedural investigation game where you have to, like Oberdin, identify the bodies and who killed them. I'm pretty excited about the idea, and I want to do get working on it. But fortunately, Star Trek Vagabond's nearly done. Yay. It just struck me, because I was enjoying all these investigative games like Oberdin. I was yeah. like, hey, what if we applied this to BRTV? And you just had to identify all the dead people who died of each round of the Battle Royale fight. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Like, uh, you'd use a little drone to sort of analyse the blood spatters and what angle they were coming from and what calibre weapon was used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and try to, like, uh, uh, reconstruct the flow of the match <clears throat> yes Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says Metroid Prime had zero dialogue if you ignore the law scans which is a pretty big thing to ignore Wesley Thomas because it's like the core game mechanic yeah. yeah yeah and I must have played it at least 20 times the other two had some but not much yeah the Metroid games have been Metroid Prime 3 when Metroid had, has too many words it gets Metroid bad. Prime 3 had tons of dialogue there were all these like rival characters that you hung out with at the start of the game and there was this huge briefing scene and what about other m other m had dialogue we don't we we don't talk about other m Uh. fungus finder gives two dollars and says would 12 minutes be better without dialogue maddie why aren't you asking me that fungus finder do you feel like you already know what i would say what would it yahtzee i would like to know yahtzee's opinion before i give my own i think um You'd never understand what the hell was going on without dialogue in 12 minutes. I mean, I think some of the scenarios would work. I think the ultimately, like the conclusion and stuff wouldn't work. But the idea of nope. you coming home and having a, having a meal with your wife and 
a meal uh, then someone kick, like a kick, chocolate kick lava cake that's that's what you constitute home cooking is it woman yeah sometimes when i'm depressed i just eat cake what of it <laughs> what of it uh i think you could i think you could get through some of it uh the, eventually you wouldn't be able to well, or just a dude walks in and starts killing the pair of you what the hell would you even think you would need to infer he would be like yelling because he wants a thing and you're like where's the thing what's the thing you're like oh is the watch the thing he wants he would like point at his wrist was that what that game was about a watch uh i think that was the main point people took away from it yes yeah uh certainly so nothing about incest babies ah. <clears throat> uh john connor gives five canadians dollars and says thomas is alone the diametric opposite to less words yeah. is there another type of art that can hold up a game story besides gameplay or dialogue music oh uh if you're doing something like um like a video game version of fantasia where the music sort of illustrates everything that's going on mm-hmm. that was that uh the, the game we talked about the the radiohead game oh yeah talked about in the VR kid a that, yeah kid amnesia um that that sort of did a similar thing with that uh i like thomas is alone though i thought that was yeah cool. it's a great game uh really illustrates the sort of counterpoint of what dialogue can add to a game mm-hmm. because without dialogue it's just moving squares into into smaller squares yeah it's, it's pure abstract yeah yeah <clears throat> avi rivera member for 15 months in tip jar has no comment to add though well thank you avi Cad Monolima gives $5 and says, I played a lot of games in a language I can't understand and still often feel I got the gist from the cutscene visuals. But yeah, Tunix, I'm sure there's probably... Springs a, to mind. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, there's also people that I know who played through, which I think is fucking baffling, who played through all... Because Persona 5 originally released a few months earlier, or maybe like six months earlier in Japan, and I know someone who played through the entirety of it in Japanese. They do not speak Japanese. And no. I'm like what <laughs> why would you do that well it, it uh, sounds a little bit like japanese in this in the way simlish sounds a little bit like english if yeah. you don't actually speak that language um well no persona 5 oh but what, what were we talking about i sort of zoned out for the first time oh i said i know someone who's a big <clears throat> persona fan and imported persona 5 and played through the entirety of Persona 5 in Japanese because it came out before right. uh, that it came out in America, and they don't speak Japanese. All right. And that is baffling to me, to play through a game that is so dialogue and um, voice-heavy. Fair enough. I guess I was thinking of Eco again. In Eco, they oh. all speak a made-up language that sounds a bit like Japanese, if you don't speak Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bleh. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros and says, can't help but think of your post about Control-Alt-Delete. Replace text with visuals whenever possible. Brevity equals souls of wit and strong. Twas a great read. I really don't remember writing that at all, Meister Kleister Heist Air, but then I've written a hell of a lot of shit over the years. What is Control-Alt-Delete? It's a webcomic. A gamer webcomic. Okay, I'm not going to search for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, back when Penny Arcade sort of set off a little heyday of those. Gotcha, gotcha. This is the one that somehow is still around. Uh, Hunter Roge gives $10 and says, All the points I wanted to bring up have already been said, so here's 10 bucks for Adventure is Nigh. Thank you. Oh my Hunter god, Rhodes. thank you so much, Hunter. 
doesn't get us to 25%, but yeah, I suppose it'll do. Uh, Geldon Yetich gives $5 and says, You don't need words, but why eschew them unless you can't help turning it into an unskippable walk and talk or can't afford translators? I mean, because maybe that's the point. Like, a game like Cocoon wouldn't have been better if there was, like, dialogue and spoofs and goofs and, like, barks all the time and signs to read. What if it had been a rock opera and every now and again, like, every boss fight was accompanied with, like, this uh, lyrical rock song? In Cocoon? Yeah. I I feel like that would probably have made it certainly much more eye-opening. That's I would have, yeah. Listen, I love the idea of making a rock opera in a game. Uh, I don't know if Cocoon would be the game I would go to for that. Why has anyone um, done that? Do a rock opera where the boss, every boss fight is like, uh, he's got their own song. Make a game like Fury, where the boss fight has yeah. its own song. I could, I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of take uh, Artful Escape, but make yeah. it more have more mechanics yeah, inside of it I've actually put some gameplay in it like every boss yeah. fights the the great the great mighty poo boss fight from conquer's bad fur day exactly exactly yeah the original uh epic mickey 2 originally was going to be a musical and i believe um i that think fell apart i think there was a nightmare before christmas tie-in game that tried to uh do that sort of be a musical video game where the boss fights had little like sing-along sessions oh interesting i know there was one nightmare before christmas ps2 game that was pretty much just devil may cry everyone says it it has like a really good combat system as well that that might have been the one i'm thinking of yeah it was a 3d game yeah uh and then i guess more recently but this one's mostly the the dialogue driven game is uh stray gods the uh Mm -hmm. sort of visual novel musical oh yes yes i heard that wasn't that good uh oh i heard it was good i know damien and amy both liked it well i heard it wasn't that good well i don't know who you're talking to you might be talking to a bunch of scrubs well neither of us have played it so this is as far as this part of the conversation goes (laughs) we're pretty much just choosing our team and i chose uh amy and uh one of our one of our great editors damien yeah i don't know who the fuck i was referring to probably just a general vibe Mm-hmm. Uh, Amma gives 10 AEDs Arab Emirates Dinari or Diran or whatever it is says did you hear that GTA 6 will have a couple as MCs we talked about that a whole year ago last September yeah, yeah. when that fucking uh, data leak happened that everyone stopped talking about because it was clear the game was nowhere near finished so who cares yeah yeah, supposedly it's like a Bonnie and Clyde-esque... Um, yeah, Natural Born Killers, uh, Tim mm-hmm. Roth's bit in Pulp Fiction. It's a vibe that comes up a lot in that sort of, you know, quirky crime uh, genre. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Who was... The Tim Roth's girlfriend in that scene. In, in Pulp Fiction? Fiction? Yeah. I don't think she's a famous actress. Because Honey Bun and Sugar? Yeah, yeah. 
Because I remember, yeah, I don't know. Was... I don't, I don't think she was like a big name, but I remember her performance being pretty good in that. Yeah, and especially because she has to like go toe to toe with like with Tim Roth, Tim Roth and, Sam and Sam Jackson. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah, John Travolta not so much, but he doesn't have much dialogue in that scene. No, no. Man, I should watch more Tim Roth films. He's really good. I should rewatch Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Oh my god, what a movie! Gary Oldman, so unrecognizably young in that film. What a movie. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Amanda Plummer. That's right. Okay. Who else? What uh, else has she been in? Uh, the Fisher King. Uh, she was in... Oh, The Fisher um, King's a good film. I've seen that. I married an axe murderer. Not so Not much a good, a good film. But, uh, what are you talking sure. about? Rob Schneider. Not Rob Schneider. Mike Myers. Mike Myers, Sorry, yeah. The, non, the non-murderer the non Mike Myers. No, apparently she's in uh, Star Trek colon Picard, which I haven't watched. Oh, God. Well, uh, let's, let's not delve any further. I'm only going to turn more and more against her. There you go. Jumbly Wobbly, remember for 41 months in bonus content? Always nice to see Jumbly Wobbly hanging about. Who says, I think the Doom Slayer in 2016 has tons of character without ever saying a single word, or indeed having any facial expressions, Jumbly Wobbly. Also, do you consider Silent Hill 3 to be good and why? Jumbly, were uh, you not here when we talked about Silent Hill? I guess not. Yeah, we were talking about Silent Hill 3 uh, like right at the start of this. I was saying yeah. that, uh, well, Marty was saying he just finished it and had drawn pretty much the same conclusion I drew, that it's got some great vibes, but not a good plot. I watched the, uh, I liked the uh, the goof ending, though, I watched on YouTube. Uh, the aliens come back and, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Harry, With- Harry and James, like, and you take the aliens and you go just like carpet bomb the city. It's yeah, great. and they sing that little song over the end credits. Yeah, delightful. Uh, Joseph Eastham gives $2. You know, the, the, the big crime that Silent Hill 4 committed was not having a joke ending. It doesn't? After- no, three great joke endings, and then couldn't even finish the Japanese developed series on a high note. Come on, because after Silent Hill three, they were it, that was the one to top, I think. Well, on it. Anyway, uh, Joseph Eastham gives two dollars and says, "I need a Dida game with Diablerie dialogue too." I have, uh, based on my Dida books, presumably. Well, I guess that would have to be one of those detective adventure games we like so much. What? Diablo dialogue? What does that mean? Diablo is one of the characters. He's a very oh, flam- okay. very flamboyant man with very distinctive dialogue. Gotcha. Anyway, Ryan Betts, member for six months in Tip Jar. And then just under that, it says, Toffee doesn't need words to tell a good toffee time. Oh, this is true. Well, he does have words. He goes... Like he's doing right now, as it happens. Yeah, small toffee words. Can you do it into the mic? No, he doesn't feel like it. He just wants to lick my nose. Oh, he's doing it now. I put him down. Anyway. Uh, Tsunami Dusha gives $20 and says, Game idea from a random place. Wow, classic hardcore has a mod that catalogues the level of death, place is death, and cause of death of every player in the server as they happen. Every permadeath becomes a story to decipher. Oh, that's kind of like your 
It's a little like the yeah, I guess going with the, with the not, thing. not not quite what I have in mind though. No, but it is trying to like this seems like more like uh this is just a uh like a system of record keeping. Yeah. Whereas yours would obviously be designed around the idea of being able to actually solve how this well, happened. Well, that's of, what you start with. I mean, uh, Shadows of Doubt is basically a record system where like every true. character yeah. has like a bunch of different facts about them and it's just yeah. finding the places where the data points cross over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> that is pretty much just how it starts. Yeah. Anyway, hides his eyes, gives four ninety nine pounds, and says, "Playing Elden Ring feels like there's more NPCs with more normal dialogue than Dark Souls, which is a bit to its detriment, but loving it overall." And that was their very first super chat from hides his oh eyes. Oh my god! He revealed his eyes just to say that. Incredible. Uh, yeah, I would say Elden Ring, probably aside from. Maybe Sekiro has the most straightforward. I think, yeah, having like the non-linear uh, setup with the open world thing probably requires a little bit more guidance. Yeah. Just a, yeah. Just a nudge. Mm-hmm. You got to start the game with like the Walmart greeter who says, hey, so why don't you start with that castle and then see where you go? Walmart greeter. Oh yeah, AC6 is has a straightforward story as well. Well done. Armored Core. Armored Core. Got to say Armored uh, Core, because as we've established, there are far too many things with the initials AC. But AC6, I mean, there has been a sixth Assassin's Creed and a sixth Animal Crossing, but no one refers to them as the sixth. Was there, an ace, the, was there an ace Combat 6? I believe so, yeah. But no one's talking about Ace Combat. What do you think is the second... Um, AC is obviously the king of the there's too many games with these abbreviations. DS, Dark Souls, Demon Survivor, Death Stranding. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I, it's sad to think of any. It's just kind of weird how AC is so prevalent. None, yeah, no I other can, combination of initials has jumped out at me like that. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's weird how many games that with the initials SOTC Shadow of the Glossus, Shadow of the Comet. I think there were some other ones as well, but I've forgotten them now. Uh, yeah, that is weird. Or, um, what was the other one? There's a couple of G-O-W's. Oh yeah, God of War, Gears of War. And I think there were some other ones, but uh, yeah, again, I can't remember. There's, none of them are even close to the prevalence of AC. Very strange. Uh, chemical gives 25 rons, 25 dudes called Ron, and says, I'm using my wallet to make Yahtzee say that Stray Gods was in fact pretty good and Jaffa Cakes are very good too. Oh my god. I just, it doesn't count if I'm quoting Chemical. He also hasn't played it. He doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's talking about the scuttlebutt. And I don't plan to play it. I got Jusant and Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2 on my list. And, How come uh, you keep leaving Mario off the list? What is what's going on? I've I've, I've played Mario. I played a Mario where he turns into an elephant. I've played Super Mario Wonder. I might as well have done. I've played a Mario platformer before. I really I don't care. I played one with a Wonder Flower, and it fucking shows. <sighs> I don't care that Mario can turn into an elephant now. Again, again. big big fat one. 
put up water uh, in his spout and go the world feels no more enriched now that mario can turn into an elephant as well there's a little bit more magic out there in the world and none of it's for you because you're not going to power up your nintendo switch entertainment system family of consoles and be able to, to to put in that cartridge leave me alone my switch gets powered on when the kid wants to play pokemon snap and not not before oh, that's great I like taking pictures of those little critters she just can't get enough of that what a game Here's Toffee, just reminding you that he is very sweet. Oh, the Toffee. Uh, CorpseFire14, member for five months in early access, says, What about Dark Messiah of Eminem? Very little chat. Dark Messiah of of, uh, chocolates. Dark Messiah of chocolates. Yes. That's a good joke. I've never played Dark Messiah, have you? No. Apparently there's very little chitter-chatter in So much for that, then. I also want to go on record to say, as much as I love a game that doesn't do any talking, uh, there's plenty of games I love that won't shut the fuck up. Hideo Kojima, Persona, these games will never shut up. Mm. And they're great. They're great for it. Uh, Jumbly Wobbly gives $5 and says, A game where each boss gets its own song, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. The lyrics are literally about the boss's backgrounds. Yes, I've referenced before that I actually had to turn the music off trying to play metal gear rising revengeance because it was really doing my head in and i needed to focus i could i could see that those games are good those games get big thumbs up for me Blah. uh eto Urubari gives 1000 arses and it's a deep oh. deep red super chat so oh it's, that's apparently a lot and Gosh. says hi guys trying to do my little bit for adventurous nigh series four i'm loving season three Without getting too much into spoilers, last episode was an amazing and heartfelt payoff to Albert's plotline. Never would have expected that when we first met him and Moped in Series 2. Love you all. Yeah, he's he's got an even bigger starring role in the next episode, the one the members have already seen. But yes, it's nice to see Albert back to his old self. Uh, Avi Rivera gives $5 and says, Late to stream. Did anyone watch Bojack Horseman? There's an episode with only a handful of spoken dialogue and it's so good. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, I didn't I appreciate did. it so much because I appreciated Bojack Horseman for the clever dialogue. So I was like just putting it on in the background while I was playing a game or something. So most of that episode was lost on me. I guess you wouldn't look up. No, I was doing something else. I think I think used sparingly. I think that's an interesting idea. A couple, a couple shows have done that. Breaking Bad had large sections like that. The Bojack's done sections. the opposite extreme. They did like one episode that was just his like, like his uh, eulogy speech for his mum. Oh yeah, and it was literally just him st- talking in a room. Yeah. <coughs> they've they've done both the gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, Shantanu. Shantanu Bhatia gives 7.29 AEDs and says, More dirhams for the adventurers now I find. Ooh, we've, ooh, we're practically being funded by the Saudis. Hell yeah. Thank you, Shantanu. Oh, sorry, that was a very racist thing to say. Saudi Arabia, completely different country to the United Arab Emirates. I mean, United Arab Emirates, pretty dodgy human rights record. Not a patch on Saudi Arabia's. Uh, you know what other country has a dodgy human rights record? America. 
Not quite as dodgy as Saudi Arabia, I'd say. If we go back in history... Uh, I mean, history. at least we kind of packed in the slavery thing. Took, took quite a while. Yeah, and some people still gripe about it. Uh, Chantal Nubatia gives another 729 AEDs and corrects themselves. Fund. It's nice when people pay extra money in penance for having done typos. For doing typos? Yes. I, so. I, would be, I would be a poor man if all of my typos... Maybe you should uh, offer to donate some money to the Adventures Knife Fund if you get a certain amount of typos. I'm busy that day. Uh, Kadmon Alima gives $5 and says, blank. Although he didn't just uh, leave it blank, he literally wrote the word blank in parentheses. That was very clever. Trying to provoke some kind of who's on first style misunderstanding, perhaps. A classic mix-up. And Dr. Zebra gives $5 and says, Just beat Disco Elysium. I can never remember in the moment if it's Elysium or Elysium. Now that's a game that won't shut up, but it mostly works except for big exposition dubs. I always say Elysium. Elysium? That's just what I say. And I also um, I am on record of pronouncing things incorrectly all the time. Well, it might be a regional thing, like uh, yogurt and yogurt. Who says yogurt? Yeah, in the UK, we say yogurt. Incredible. I and I want to say in like uh, the original Hindi word, they say yogurt as well. I didn't know any of this. Because I'm pretty sure it's a Hindi word. Learned something new that, that the English language uh, has borrowed and not paid anything back. But that's British people for you. The yogurt tax. Uh... Dungarees is also a Hindi word. Fun fact. Dungarees? Like, yeah, uh, dungarees. Dungarees, oh. bungalow, and yogurt are words that originate from Hindi. Father, son, and holy ghost. Uh, Majideth gives £13.37 and says, Late to stream, but I want to tell you both that I'm binging old slightly something else and it's top tier. Yahtzee, love the books, and I was surprised when I recognised your voice from F3ZP, aged 15. Marty, you the Don. F3 Fallout 3, perhaps? Oh, yeah. Was that 15 years ago? I think that was 2000. Seems about right. right? Might have been. So long ago. I don't know. I've been doing this like 16 years now, apparently. Like someone uh, yeah, posted on Reddit. Yeah, Bioshock. That was a very long time ago. Someone posted on Reddit the other day that uh, the launch of the SNES in America is closer in time to the beginning of Zero Punctuation than the beginning of Zero Punctuation is to now. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Now, doesn't that make you feel old? Yeah, there was a fun fact like that of like the NES to the PS3 was the PS3 to now or something like that. Yeah. Not all. Not all. I, can't, I can't handle any of that. I don't like it. Majadeth, uh, upgraded membership to bonus content. Thank I you think, so much, Majadeth. I think console lifetimes we were shorter back in the day. Um, like uh, the viable lifetime of the SNES was a lot less than the Xbox 360s. Sure, yeah. Uh, anyway, Maybe rapidly accelerating hardware. Yeah, or it's just like you know, consoles could hang around for longer because the graphics hadn't actually improved that much. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, no one was sticking with the snares after the PlayStation One came out. 
Nope. That was a quantum leap. Like the show, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yes. And like the saying, Quantum Leap, that the show was named after. Who anyway. Who the egg? Think about it. Magic Death, upgrade the membership to bonus content. Thanks very much. And then Fujikawa 1988 gives 599 and says, Late to the party, Journey and Abzu are great without any form of talk or text telling their story. Sorry if already mentioned. You guys are awesome. Well, we mentioned Journey, Abzu's but we, didn't men- we did not mention Abzu. And Abzu is very much cut from the same cloth as Journey. Literally one of the, the same art designers, Journey. Um, Abzu is another great one. Yeah, no dialogue. Doesn't even matter. I don't even know what that game's about. I don't care. It's great. Was that the underwater one? It was. Yeah. Underwater yeah. Journey. I think I remember playing that. Yeah, delightful. Also a single sitter. You can play it like finish in two hours. You're a single sitter. Ah, thanks. Wait. No, <laughs> I'll stick with things. I'll just stick with things. Alan Lundgren gives $50. $50? And says, 25%? Oh, you proved me wrong. I sure feel told, Alan Lundgren. No, oh, Alan! You diabolical... Uh, then Hunter Mitchell gives 499 and says, At work and wanted to say hi to my future self. Pause for a second. I bet he said hi back, the loser. Ah, that was a classic Hunter mix-up. Are you trying to impress your co-workers, Hunter Mitchell? <clears throat> or do you work from home, which in some ways is even more pathetic? I thought it was great. And that was their first super chat. That was worth it. That was worth oh, and every, also, uh, every the last. Penny. Also, the last Super Chat by Fujikawa 1988, that was their first Super Chat as well. Got a lot of first-timers. Lots that of was people. Magic Death's first-timer as well. Lots of people popping their cherries. Okay, that's, yeah, sure. Popping their Remember the Super Chat popping cherries. Daddies? Yeah. Cherry uh, Magic Death gives two pounds and two pence. Interesting. And says, yeah, we all be getting old. Yeah. Death comes for all of us. And then Gildon Yetich gives $5 and says, Slightly something else is great, Marty is great, but I still want to ask, now that Jack is on board, is more slightly on Civil War possible? He's very busy with Adventures Nigh, you ungrateful bastard. Also, Jack has said before, he doesn't really like doing the show. <laughs> like, he, Jack, the door is always open for him, but he Jack, d- Jack likes to talk about the things he likes talking about, but, like, he doesn't really like kind of trying to, like, draw blood from a stone like we have to sometimes. <sighs> I'm Luke. sure Jack will be on your your. You, I, I don't think we've talked about it, but the whatever the future incarnation of a post EP is, I'm sure there'll be plenty mm, of Jack Packard. Maybe if he's up for it. Ooh. Uh, Blue McNeil gives five dollars to say ugh, he's going to have a little fun at our expense. To say Fujikawa 1988 gives ten kroner with a super chat that says Magic Death gives a super that reads Marty, what's that say? Yahtzee loves Mario gives five pounds too. Do you love Mario? Is that true? I can't believe you're not excited for this new Mario game. What is going on? I guess I love him like uh, a distant uncle. In That's- in a sort of, yeah, we're sort of obliged to, to stay in the family sure. kind of way. <laughs> sure, sure. You want to make sure you're in his will still? And then Hunter Mitchell gives 499 and says, Also, I've caught every one of these and have seen every ZP since you started. Thanks for all the content. Incredible. And you've only just started super chatting. You, well, you can't be that serious a fan then. We thought maybe, maybe didn't, unemployed, uh, 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 just newly employed. Who knows? Came into some money, did a bank robbery. No one knows. Maybe he did some hunting. 
and uh, sold some pelts. And now he uh, has the money to pay for Super Chats. Was that a Hunter Mitchell joke? Yes, because his name's Hunter, you see. You think there's a gatherer, Mitchell? <laughs> nice. Did it. Right, there's, uh, there's like three David Mitchells. A lot of David Mitchell. Yeah, there's David Mitchell wrote The Cloud Atlas. Yeah, and there's the David Mitchell who shows up on British panel shows a lot, who was in Peep Show. I'll agree with you. Yeah, that seems correct. Um, right, well, that's the end of the Super Chats. You guys did so good today. You guys, did, very, you, did you, you did a passable job today, guys. Let's you try did. let's try to keep the momentum going, okay? You fucking crushed it, everybody. We're only Give a quarter of ways back. in. Let's not get complacent. Give yourself pats on the back. Uh, just a little light one. One one light pat. What you what you, you are have? you are authorized one light pat upon the shoulder. I didn't realize you were the you were you were the 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 lord of all pats. Yes, everyone has to go through the pat office, and I have to rubber stamp it all. Pat, <clears throat> what what do you have going on this week? What are you, besides all this trash that we've just been doing? Well, having reviewed AC six uh, this week for the video going out to everyone, uh, the, the one that members have already had, uh, the video that members will be enjoying will be AC Mirage. Ooh. Yes. Uh, let's just say I don't think you'll be seeing any particularly hot takes looking at the general or general reception that game's gotten. But, you know, I'll be using my usual brace of knob gags. Uh, I should be more enthusiastic, shouldn't I? Yeah! My Assassin's Creed Mirage review is finally coming out. Yay! It's you're going to get your minds blown. Yeah, it will blow something, all right. Uh, uh, actually, yes, Jacob Kitty, Lords of the Fallen will be after that, because that's the review I'm working on now. And then Mario Wonder. I've also got an extra punctuation dropping for everyone on Thursday. On the subject Thunder. of Spider-Man 2. Whip, whip. Possibly not the one you're thinking of. There's been a lot of um, Spider-Man 2s across mediums. And of course... If you remember, you'll have uh, watched the new ad- episode of Adventure is Nigh that came out on Saturday. The rest of you will have to wait for that on this coming Saturday. But don't miss it. The even more fun roller coaster ride stuff to enjoy, following on from the last episode, which was a pretty good roller coaster in itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's my part. Tell us about the other stuff the escapists are doing. So much. Uh, later today, 6 p.m., normal time, uh, Jesse, Casey, back for Hidden Gems, uh, a horror game that came out, uh, an indie horror game that came out a few months ago called Decarnation. Uh, mm. They're going to be playing for, for Hidden Gems. It's uh, kind of like a spooky, spooky Japanese-flavored top-down RPG puzzle game. I don't know. I bought it. I haven't played it. Uh, it has cool key art, though, so there okay. you go. Um, so we'll see if that works. Uh, and then we should have, uh, I think, normal streams the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Recap will be back. Um, we'll be, be back with Frost and uh, Darren talking about uh, Fall of the House of Usher and Loki. Darren got to see Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese movie, so we'll talk about that. Um, I don't know what Nick's schedule is. I don't know if Nick's going to be back tomorrow for Dark Souls or if there's no Dark Souls or what is happening. Uh, He's all over the place these days, that Nick. He went to Banff. Which is like the, I learned that's like the Rocky Mountains when they fucking bust into Canada, they become Banff. Oh, so they named the place after the sound it made when they bust into Canada? 
Exactly, and the sound that Nightcrawler makes when he uh, apparates. Yes, I was waiting for someone to bring that up. I got a thwip and a bamf. If go. I get a snicked, then that's the Holy Trinity. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, all the all, all the other good stuff. So check that out. Oh, and apparently Akira Yamaoka worked on the soundtrack for Decarnation that they're playing later tonight. So if you yeah, he never says no to anyone. Akira Yamaoka, he no. did music for Wilder Tanks as well at one point. Loves a paycheck. Listen, yeah. mad respect for that. Um, so yeah, uh, tune tune into all of that. <clears throat> well, that'll be it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Hi, everyone. Yes, we're going for a walk soon, Toffee. You are right to look uh, suddenly intrigued. Bye, everyone. Bye, all.